This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. Oh, I have to sing songs about cum. My government and my politics and my comedy can finally meet and be friends. She came at this a different way. It's like I created my own way in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to season two of the I Love Funny Women podcast. My name is Dina Nina. And I am Lalita D. Hello, Lalita. Hi, Dina. How are you? I'm well. It has been a year since, over a year since our last podcast. No we way. Just, yes. Um, September was the last one we did, okay. like 2021. Mm-hmm. We are back and I'm excited. Yay. I'm excited to have you back as well. Well, I'm so honored to be back on the show. Thank you so much. So since we have a full year to talk about what has happened to us, (laughs) (laughs) you have been experiencing a lot of things. Well, let's just say, Gina, that I used to be a skeptic when it came to Mercury being in retrograde, but Mercury was like, uh, listen, girl... (laughs) So Mercury entered retrograde in its most recent phase on the, um, I believe, 9th of September. And on the 11th of September, I caught COVID. First time, never had it before. Uh, I was sick, 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 horrible, really horrible. Um, And I was freaking out a little because I have quite a, um, I wouldn't call it strict, but quite an active exercise plan. I work out a lot. It makes me feel good. It helps me manage my mental health. Um, And so having COVID was hard. And then um, I got finally got my negative test like 12 days in. And then two days later, I went out to exercise playing pickleball. And we will definitely talk about that. And I played for about three minutes when I fell and broke my arm. Oh, my God. And it turns out Mercury left retrograde two days later. So both COVID and the broken arm happened while Mercury was in retrograde. So I'm I'm a believer. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're a believer now. <laughs> now you won't look at me like I'm insane when I say Mercury's in retrograde. Never again. <laughs> but how do we keep ourselves safe? I mean, I just... Like the outside world feels terrifying right now. Like there's so many scary things that can happen to us, like COVID and broken limbs and God knows what else. I feel like I'm kind of a Republican in the sense that I'm just walking around like everything's normal. (laughs) Dina Nina, the closeted Republican. (laughs) It is so, like, I just, I guess. One of the things you were talking about mental health, the thing that helps me with my mental health is not exercising, it's food and medication. <laughs> well, I've been having a lot of both of those. They put me on Vicodin after I broke my arm and yes. no no shade on anybody with addiction issues, but I could never get addicted to that stuff. I hated it so much. It did the stuff I had was on at the ER, which was like intravenous. Oh my God, that was beautiful. I flirted with all the male doctors and I'm like, Ooh. what's happening to me? <laughs> You're like, in I our was hetero. so high, I forgot I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and I'm sure I looked well sexy. Um, yeah. My hand was actually facing the wrong way. That's how badly I broke my arm. The um, the first doctor I saw in the triage lifted the ice pack that was really not there to do anything other than protect me from having to look at my arm. And he took it off. He looked and he went, uh-oh. Like, really, that's your official diagnosis? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my god! And he gosh. was like, yeah, kind of. So it was a pretty bad. And then they took an x-ray. And then one of the really, the George Clooney type doctor said, mm. it's a complicated break. I'm like, that sounds like every relationship I ever had. 
It would be. Let it be straightforward for once. So, That's, I'm so anyway, sorry. Anyway, so that I wasn't Viked in for quite a while. And um, yeah, did not like it. It made me a very kind of weird and didn't really take the pain away as much as I wanted it to. And I really did not feel myself, made me very emotional. So one night, Dina, one night I was so miserable. I was like, I need absolute lowest level way of keeping my mind off this thing. So I watched the Kardashians on Hulu. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm not usually into that level of reality TV, but I was all into it. And then Kris Jenner, bless her. Um, she's in her mid-60s. Her. I had to look that up, but she's, she's, you know, good 10 years older than me. She needs a hip replacement. And so she's crying, saying, you know, it's just hard when you get older and your body doesn't do what you want it to do and you're in pain. And I'm crying with her, like, Chris, I know you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what Vicodin did to me. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> It compromised your choices. It really did. <laughs> so I got COVID in March while okay. I was working a job job. Ooh. And I was so sick as well. But I went back to work five days later. Because that's what you do under oppressive capitalism. Oh God. And um, then on top of it, I got food poisoning and... Then neurovirus, literally on top of each other. <gasps> and I'm at this at this restaurant doing work, and I start to almost pass out. Mind you, it was my birthday. <gasps> I have never been to the emergency room. I ended up going to the emergency room, and they were like, <laughs> they were like, "You're dehydrated." And I'm like, "I could have drank water." <laughs> like <laughs> I was. It, I yeah, this year I I have shit my pants twice. <laughs> Once was in bed, the other one was while standing and running, Ooh. and so yeah, this year has been a year of retrogrades, shit, shitty situations. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mercury in retrograde in March. It was, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely hate when you're sick and people say, have you drank water? And it bothers me even more when you go to the emergency room and you pay your $200 copay or whatever. And then they say, you should have drank water. It's like, okay, yeah. my friends have been telling me that for free. It's- yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me show you my cast, Dina. Yes. So oh. uh, for our listeners, it's very bright pink and they put sparkles. I... Um, I look like a little unicorn, I think. But what I don't understand is that you still see people outside with white casts. And it's like, if you have the option of seven colors, why would you be like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'll just, I'll just have white. Thank you. That's wrong. <laughs> That is a crime against humanity. It really is. I mean, it doesn't have to be pink. They had black if you're not into like bright cast colors. And that's subdued colors. But I just went for the brightest color I could find. And then I put sparkles on it. Yes. Did you put sparkles on it yourself or was it part of the? It was part of the hospital service. Oh, wow. I've never, ever had a cast. It's horrible it's so heavy it's like my upper arm is doing a lot of work and so i have to do like weight work with my my good arm because otherwise i'm gonna have a big bulgy bicep on my broken arm i have like four (laughs) pounds hanging from my arm permanently 24 7 it's exhausting hilarious I, I've always wanted to get a cast signed. I wish I could be there to sign it. So because it's very pretty, I'm not having people sign it yet. I'll do that in the final stages. Right now, I'm just keeping it pretty. <laughs> it's gorgeous. You do Thank look you. like a lovely, lovely unicorn. There's a picture of it on my Instagram page, at Lalita D Comedy. Um, I gave myself reward stickers yesterday. So there's a picture of that on my Instagram <laughs> amazing (laughs) gotta make the most of it i love it speaking of stickers 
Um, It's not a reward sticker, but we do have Funny Women Vote and Protect Trans Kid Now stickers that are going up in the Lady Laughs Comedy Gift Shop. So go on over there. Plug, 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 plug. I love it. I didn't even know that. Okay, so walk me through the steps. Lady Laughs Comedy Gift Shop. So ladylaughscomedy.com. Yep. Go click on gift shop on the far right and you can order them there. And how many stickers do I have to buy to qualify for free shipping? Um, it's all flat fee, $5. Okay, that's really cool. I like that. I know, I yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. And uh, I'm excited. So tons of stickers. There are some bags in there anyway. I love that. I'm going to do a, have a Funny Women Vote sticker on my cast when on the 8th of November I will have voted. Yes. It's, we're in the dead thick of it right now. Like this. Yeah. It's happening. People, if you're listening, please don't think your vote doesn't count. It does count. Please get yourself out there. Unless you're a Republican, then, you know, don't, don't worry so much. Yeah, stay home. It's fine. It's fine. I, it doesn't count. It's all rigged anyway. Just stay home. Have a cup, <laughs> have a cup of tea. It's fine. I do find it interesting that they are complaining so much about vo- voter fraud, but everybody's, like, really amped to vote. Well... Maybe what, you mean the vote... Republican Party has no logic behind it? Oh my God, you heard Shocking. it here first. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> um, speaking of which, did you hear about, have you heard about Carrie Lake? I have not. Gubernatorial candidate for Arizona. She is Trump in a dress. <laughs> she oh, is. Trump in a dress, that's a. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't want to sound transphobic for even a second, but that is a very terrifying thought. It is. It is. She is currently, I just saw her on the news talking about building that wall. We are back to that. We are building that wall. What? That she has a plan to declare an invasion and is using millions and millions of dollars to build finish the border wall that Trump's presidency was unable to accomplish. That's her goal. That's what she wants. Work well with her voter base. Absolutely. They love her. I (laughs) think she's uh, trash. (laughs) Well, speaking of trash, uh, it unbelievably looks like Boris Johnson, a bojo himself, may be making a comeback uh, into 10 Downing Street. Have you heard that? Um, I've heard that. Liz Trust made like 40 how many days? 40 44, something days. 43. 43. I mean, I, I was already, you know, speaking of fucking Mercury in retrograde, that poor woman. <laughs> that poor woman. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, Boris, I mean, he was only ousted what six weeks ago because he's a corrupt turd. Mm-hmm. Um whose uh, COVID parties went on longer than even Mercury in retrograde. And uh, <laughs> nobody in the UK can afford their heating bill right now. And so what does Boris Johnson do? He goes off to the Caribbean because, hey, you don't need yeah. a heating bill over there. And that's the guy they want to put back in number 10. It's it's shocking. So Rishi Sunak is running again. And I thought that was interesting. He didn't make it last time because of racism. Uh, and so now we'll see what the UK does. Like, are they going to accept that the empire is over and they're going to have an Indian origin prime minister? Or are they going to hold on to the fact that they are still the greatest nation in the on the whatever they think of themselves and put Bojo back in? Uh, interesting. It, so Rishi is looking like is ahead in the polls right now. Okay. But who knows? Like this world is just like one thread away from unraveling like my last year's winter butter. <laughs> like it's it's like global. And did you hear about um Georgia Maloney? I mm-hmm, yes, lovely Europe. Mm, fun. Oh my god. So Georgia Maloney, not to be confused with Christopher Maloney, who is my caked up dream, like just <laughs> um, Georgia Maloney is a member of the Brothers of Italy party. Uh, Georgia Maloney is, um, and I'm going to say this, uh, is fascist. And and when I say fascist, she's literally a fascist. The <laughs> Brothers of Italy party der- came from 
Mussolini's party. Like, it all kind of was, like, has direct lineage to Mussolini's party. In fact, so much so that very various members of the Mussolini family have been, are members of the party and are running for office there, too. She also <laughs> has been doing the rounds at CPAC and all these conservative party things. And the conservative party of the United States, MAGAs, are going insane over her. They are so excited that somebody is is really reflecting their values in other parts of the world. Which I'm sitting here and I'm saying, if you're Re- Republican Party, if you think it's fascist, it's it's fascist. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Georgia Maloney, like the dream team, right? It just... <laughs> Did you watch any of the... Um, um, debate with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, I did not. Oh, she's at Marcus Flowers in Georgia. I'm, if you are in Georgia, I love Marcus Flowers. Go out and vote for that amazing man. But I just watched he and Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's unhinged. Beyond unhinged. It was so wild watching that. And then we go over to Lauren Boebert's, um, did you see that whole thing with her debate? She was talking about... What was she talking about? I, I read about it on the news. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, God. That's all she could talk about. Like, oh, she God. had... No, they have zero, like... um, They don't have any plan for the country. They no. just want to cause chaos. Yeah, they have no policy. They have no... And, I mean, it's actually remarkably like... The Conservative Party in the United Kingdom because they don't know what the fuck they're doing either. I mean, it's almost as if Brexit was a bad idea. It's almost like that. Imagine. Also, I find it very interesting that they just keep switching out prime ministers in in the UK. They're just switching them out for their same party. I am ready for a general election around the country and to see where it lands because in the current state, the Conservative Party would not win. Yeah, well, that is not the system in the UK. And so we'll have to wait till the Conservative Party calls it and they can wait until 2024. And for sure they will, because I think right now they're like minus 10 in the polls. Like yeah, yeah. dead people will turn up to vote against them. Do you think all of this is a curse of Queen Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think yeah, so. <laughs> I think so too. I think she's like, my funeral only went on for 2,300 days. <laughs> I feel like she would just, she left voodoo dolls around the whole castle and just like, just have them all. Boris is like rotting away over by the cheese in the corner. Maybe that lettuce was Queen Elizabeth reincarnated. The the lettuce with the blonde wig. Yes, it could be. (laughs) Well, now that we're talking about the ridiculous, I have been, well, I've been binging a lot of TV. I mean... COVID and then uh, the broken arm. And I don't have a TV, I stream, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I watch a lot of stuff and I was thrilled to see that there is a new season of Love is Blind. Oh, wow. I haven't watched it. What do you mean you haven't watched it? I haven't watched it. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I don't want to start anything new. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so I I realized the other day, so okay, very quick synopsis for those of you who are somehow not aware of this show. Um, The premise is that you can fall in love and agree to marry someone that you've never seen before because quote, unquote, quote, unquote, love is blind. Now, they're very keen to point out this is not a show. It's not a reality TV show. It's an experiment uh, because they think it's scientific. And... um, they get, I think they get a couple of weeks to kind of date various people. Um, of course, everybody's straight, uh, but they don't get to see anybody. You only get to see the person after you've agreed to marry them. And then you come out of these pods and you meet in real life. And I was thinking, really, this entire show is based on lesbian lifestyle. <laughs> couple of dates, you agree to get married, you move in together. It starts to unravel pretty quickly. It's all over social media. It's <laughs> that show is cultural appropriation, really. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> but oh my god, it's so delicious! It's just wonderful. I love it. Amazing. I've been watching Glow Up. Okay. 
um, because it's something that I don't have to really focus on. I am so engaged in the news all day that when I get home and um, cuddle with my dog and get stoned, all I want to do is not think. <laughs> That's totally fair. Um, there's a, a movie coming out with Kate Blanchett. It's called Tar. I'm sure many people have heard of it. It's two hours and 39 minutes. And so when I first heard of the movie, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then I heard it was like more than two and a half hours. I'm like, no, absolutely, I'm absolutely not. I mean, there's just no way. That's ridiculously long. Last Saturday, I watched all of The White Lotus in one sitting. Okay, that's six one-hour episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's is no problem for me. That's completely acceptable. But a two and a half hour movie that you have Forget to have. It. <laughs> I haven't watched White Lotus. I'm dying to, though. I'm dying to. It's good. Um, Jennifer it. Coolidge. Yeah, what? she's amazing. Oh, so phenomenal. <laughs> so Taylor Swift dropped a new album this week. I may have heard that because I do not live under a rock, baby. <laughs> Fair. I've just started digging into it, and it's very Taylor Swift. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Tell us what you think at um, on our social medias, guys. You can go to Instagram at I Love Funny Women and just say, "Hey, I love the Taylor Swift thing," or wherever you can email us too at info at I love funnywomen.com. <laughs> I, I would also, while you're on Instagram leaving comments, um, I would also love to hear which couples from Love and Blind you think are going to make it. Exactly. And which couples do you think are going to split up? I don't know. I was going somewhere and then it died. <laughs> <laughs> so real quickly, some races we're watching around the country. Obviously, Stacey Abrams. Um, race for governor in Georgia. We are watching, of course, here in Wisconsin, um, Tony Evers and mm, what's his name? Michaels? The, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Tony Evers. I know you might not love him. It's the same as Joe Biden. You might not love him, but just vote for him. The alternative yeah. is not an alternative. Uh, Tim Michaels. Tim Michaels is um, one all gay people to stay at home and not uh, not participate in society. Oh, I could do um, that as long yeah. as I go to free stream all free streaming platforms. It's fine. I vote right. for Tim Michaels. He'll give you free streaming. <laughs> also, you never have to leave your house again. Right. <laughs> he won't give you free streaming. Are you kidding? He um he he has an organization or works with an organization closely that does a lot of anti-abortion activism, and they track people by their cell phone data when they go to Planned Parenthood or an abortion clinic. You they see, literally just, track them. I mean, obviously gay people have children. I have a son myself. Yay, gay sperm. Yay, modern technology. So everything is possible. But if everybody were gay, there would be fewer unwanted pregnancies. In fact, you could even argue there would be no unwanted pregnancies because there's no whoops moment with a turkey baster. Exactly. So these people need to just decide what agenda they're on. But being against gay people and being against abortion, it makes no sense. Everybody gay, no more abortion, or at least way fewer abortions, because people, of course, always have the right to terminate a pregnancy. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> Doozy. Um, of course, the Beto O'Rourke um, and... Uh, Greg Abbott race in Texas <gasps> heating up. It is. I, I bet you're I, having fun conversations with your family. Oh my God. Yes. Dina has a Beto shirt. I'm it. wearing it right now. Beto for everyone. Um, I'm not having, I don't have conversations with my family <laughs> about politics because I know where it always goes, but hearing about how targeted trans children are feeling and how, uh, much anxiety and stress it's giving like physical physical like targeting of course doxing it's disgusting it's so disgusting and i feel that even if you are on the somewhat conservative side of life like maybe you have concerns about abortion maybe you are fiscally conservative that's just the pure inhumanity of that should. And I wish there were more parties, but in a two party system, you're either here or you're there. And I really hope that people 
that would perhaps be naturally drawn towards the Republican Party because of certain things can realize how evil that party has become. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll just vote Democrat just to keep them out because targeting children is just beyond disgusting. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that they are fascist. I'm not, I'm not no. stretching not I'm, at all. And no. I want everybody to realize that. And yeah. it's so disgusting. Yeah. Um. So Greg Abbott, Beto O'Rourke, please vote Beto. Um, get Get that guy in office. It's time that Texas has another Democrat um, as governor since it's been since Ann Richards. Um, I am also planning a tour of Texas called Make Texas Trans Again. I will have more information as we progress forward. And uh, yeah, so if you're interested, please make sure that you message us, hit us on the socials, let us know where you want us to go in Texas, because I want to go everywhere and just let all the trans kids trans people in Texas know that there there is hope and that you can survive Texas. I love it so much. <laughs> so yeah, that's in the works. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, we in California here, um, I mean, California is not a huge swing state, although of course in the past we've had Ronald Reagan, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, so it's not like it's always Democrat. Um, but I'd say Gavin Newsom has a fairly good chance of being reelected. Um, one of the things that's odd about California is that we vote on these propositions. And so, you know, it's it's meant to be very democratic. So there's these ends of kind of referenda. But what messes with democracy is capitalism. <laughs> Shock news alert. Imagine. <laughs> uh, and so the propaganda is out in full force. And Dina, I have to tell you, um, I'm I'm literate. I like to read. I have I have the privilege of having time to read and I can't figure out what my vote will actually do because the propaganda machines on some of these proposals is so intense and they can't both be right. Like they're both right. saying one of them's clearly lying and then you have to try and figure out who that is. And so people that don't have a lot of time or perhaps are not as fluent reading in English, it's very hard. And they're mm -hmm. probably going to be either, either they're not going to vote at all, which is not good for democracy, or they're going to be swayed by propaganda. And that's going to be whoever has the most money, which is usually not the person that you probably want to vote for. Right. So all of it's really messed up. And um, yeah, that's what's happening here. It was just like that with Prop 8. I, everyone was so confused by the multi messages going out on both sides yeah. that they didn't know how to vote. They didn't know where which side was which. So I understand that intensely. And look at Brexit. I mean, now it's very clear. Now people, the majority of people say, if I had known what I was voting for, I wouldn't have voted for it. I mean, it's just absurd. And then they right. call that democracy. It's not. You have it's to not. have good information. Yes. Equal um, and straightforward information. Which is why you need to listen to this podcast, because we'll tell you what to do in no uncertain terms. Exactly. We'll tell you exactly <laughs> like it is. <laughs> it's so I'm so excited we got to catch up and we got to talk about politics. Um, so let us take a bit of a break real quickly. We'll be right back to introduce our guests for today. Yay. Yay. Oh, the city. It's so beautiful today, especially on a day like this. Hey, hey, lady. Hey, you. Hey. Hey, have you heard about the podcast? It's got funny women on it. Oh, yeah, you like that, huh? Woo! That's a nice dress. It's like a Dina Nina dress. Yeah, she hosts the podcast. Funny women. You like it? Yeah, baby! We are back from break, Lalita. I'm so happy that we're back at this, and I'm so happy to have you around. I'm so excited to be doing this. Like, it's so fun to talk to you and to know that we have people out there kind of grooving along with us. And it also is an incentive for me to read the actual news because you will have noted you're you're all about the serious news. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a new dating show on Netflix. I'm going to try and bring the level up a little. I, that I used well. to be me, but now I'm like <laughs> too engaged in politics, I think. Like, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> well, today I got had a chance to talk to an incredible guest. She is the founder of MSW Media. She started the Muller She Wrote podcast, Daily Beans podcast. Now they've got Sexy Liberal, Stephanie Miller's uh, stuff over there. Amazing. They've got 
feminist buzzkills, the mm-hmm. Liz Winstead podcast, mm-hmm. my my lady, my friend, yeah. my I love her. Um, so I'm really excited to share this interview with Allison Gill. Woo! I am so excited to have you on I Love Funding Women, Allison. How are you? I am so good. How are you? Have you been? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'm um, living every day. <laughs> period. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, period. Okay. Yeah. It's like a friend of mine was like, don't you hate it when you wake up in the morning? Yes. Then, <laughs> just lays in I love it. So um, I want to start by talking about um, how you got into comedy and kind of move from there because there's so much. Sure. It was an accident. It was a total accident. I was a musician, right? And I was playing like Jewel Coffee House, like I broke up with them and I hate him songs. And um, I was playing out at bars and and stuff and people were kind of listening and kind of not. And then one day I was at a concert. It was the Flaming Lips and it was in 2004 and Liz Fair was opening. And I love Liz Fair. And she, but, but like Flaming Lips fans aren't really like Liz Fair is kind of a weird match. Yeah. So everyone's kind of, she's up there playing her heart out and everyone's kind of just getting drinks and talking like, can't wait for the Flaming Lips. And I was like, I feel you. And all of a sudden she starts singing a song. Um, Can I cuss on your podcast? Yes, please. She's singing a song. Well, this isn't really cuss, but she sings a song called Hot White Come. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about, you know, give it to me. Don't give it away. You know, give me your hot white come. And everybody like, what? And they all stop and they all pay attention. And I was like, oh, I have to sing songs about come or sex, (laughs) drinking. I get it now. So I started writing funnier songs and they were getting more, um, you know, people were paying attention more. And then I started telling stories between the songs uh, at the open mics I was playing. And then one day somebody was like, hey, you should come do a set over at the comedy store, the world, the world famous comedy store. And I'm like, I'm not a comedian. And they're like, yeah, you are. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh oh. So I went and I did, um, I went and I did a set there and it was amazing. Everybody was in their seat looking and listening. Um, and um, it went really well. And I was like, well, I guess I better write some jokes. So that's, that's how it started. That's so cool. Probably one of my favorite origin stories now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the adjustment, how was that for you? It was pretty normal and natural. I mean, you know, I was a musician for so many years before that. And I was on stage doing in school, doing plays. And like, I've always like sort of been on stage. And so it was just, you know, you're just changing a little bit. You're just tweaking the format in which you, you know, in, in what you're, what you're delivering, what's coming out of your mouth. Right. It's just a little bit different. So, cause you know, in comedy, you need to get laughs every five seconds, every 10 seconds. And then you got to look for those applause breaks and, um, and so it was just a little, it was just a, a matter of sort of changing up the way I delivered a story um, just a little bit uh, so that it sort of fit into that comedy-esque sort of genre. And so it was a pretty, it was a pretty natural, it was a pretty natural transition. That's how I like it. it sort of went down. I was a musician, but I'm a much better comedian. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I realized that after like I started doing it and I was like oh yeah this is this is much better than me playing a guitar singing (laughs) weird covers of Dancing Queen and Jewel. (laughs) I was just gonna bring up Jewel too like (laughs) yeah so then you got into all of this that you're known for now like Muller She Wrote, Daily Beans Podcast, can we talk about kind of how that started and how you evolved it to what it is now? Cause it's so much more. Yeah. So for a long time, I was like two different people. I was the, you know, blue foul mouthed comedian with tattoos, but I'm also like a PhD working for the federal government as an executive wearing suits, like daytime, nighttime. And net, like, I was like, there the twain shall meet like these are I have to keep these separate so I never told jokes at work and I never talked about work at jokes and um, I was always trying to figure out like 
how can I be one person? Like, how can I make these two things happen? And then I was watching all of a sudden, uh, a few months after Robert Mueller was appointed to investigate mm -hmm. the Trump campaign's, um, you know, contacts with Russia in the 2016 election. And I was watching like a, one of those old documentaries, they were rerunning an MSNBC documentary, and it was a documentary about Watergate. And I think they were running it because of, they were trying to show the parallels between the Mueller investigation and Watergate, the Nixon investigation. And it had all the talking heads like Lawrence and Rachel Maddow and uh, everybody. And, and it dawned on me, like, I bet 20 years from now, they're gonna be making documentaries about the Mueller investigation, about Russia and all that stuff. And I mean, now there's been like bigger crimes since then uh, with the insurrection and the stealing of classified documents. But I was like, I, this has got huge historic importance mm. and it needs to be documented somewhere. <clears throat> and I, I wanna be part of those do documentaries in the future. How do I do that? I don't have a journalism degree. I don't have a news desk. What does every comedian do? Dina, they start a podcast. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I was like, podcast, that's accessible. That's the coolest thing about podcasting is it's accessible to anyone who wants to, to have a voice and share their voice or, or, or even use it to find their voice. Because I found out, hey, my government and my, my politics and my comedy can finally meet and be friends. Yeah. And, and so it was just this sort of um, like synergistic joining of like the two me's were finally yoked into one and I could I could find find my true voice and start talking about talking about the the, the crimes of the past administration mm, that's good so how have you found it since adding more political stuff because we know that comedy clubs tend to not want to book political comics what have you how have you kind of eased into that well, much like when I became a comedian on accident, you know, I, I walked in and, and everyone who'd been there was like, she didn't wait in line every Sunday to draw her name out of a hat. She didn't work the door and sell tickets. She's not on the corner barking. She, you know, she came at this a different way. It's like I created my own way in. Uh, and that's sort of what happened uh, with this too. So instead of trying to be a comedian that's doing politics, I'm reading the news and sometimes it's funny so like mm -hmm. my my podcasts weren't classified in comedy um they were in the news and they're like oh finally f funny news instead of oh political comedy <laughs> and so it had more, right it had more of that lean and so i didn't tour and do comedy shows i i toured as me and my podcast and sold out theaters i only dreamt of doing as a comedian, you know, like Bell House and Lincoln Hall and the Triple Door and uh, the Independent, you know, but as me, as a, as a podcaster, and I have to tell you how much easier it is to not have the pressure of having to make people laugh every five minutes, because I would come up, I would yeah. read the news, and if I made a joke, everybody just was uproarious, a laugh, uproarious laughter, um, and I'm like, wow, this is way easier. And so now anytime a comedian is, is asking me for advice on what do I do, you know, if I want to start a podcast, I'm like, find something you love, like gardening and do a gardening podcast and make it hilarious. Like it, to me, it seems yeah. just like an easier way to go. And you, you know, you just find your own path and you create your own club around make you. Make your own way. Make your own way. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with me when I moved to Madison from Los Angeles on purpose. I was like, I'm going to make my own way. <laughs> on purpose? On purpose. Yeah, it's like, I love if you want it. to do a comedy show at your favorite theater, go do a show at your theater at, at yes. that theater and, and, and do what you do. Don't do it on other people's terms. And, and a lot of, um, you know, comedians got angry with me about that because I didn't go through what they went through. Um, uh, I paid my dues in other ways. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's like, you, you know, don't just be creative with what you talk about on stage, be creative about how you got to the stage in the first place and how you live your life. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love your story. This is so fun. Thank you. I, um, I love badass women and the thing I love more than anything is funny women. So here we are. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And, and I know we kind of talked about it last year, I think when I was on your show, but the crappy male comics that we come in contact with all the time, what are ways that you kind of deal with that? It's just like a sea of mediocrity, right? Just like, oh, like if I had a nickel for every time I said, oh, honey, um, The thing about a lot of times folks will ask me, like, does it is it bad? Is it hard to be a woman in comedy? Because, you know, people don't think you're funny because you're a woman or because of the, the the sexual assaults or, you know, the harassment. And, you know, I've said, obviously the, the assaults and the harassment go with you, whatever job you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more prevalent in some fields than others. Uh, but it's always there. That's always there, regardless of what you do. But as far as it you know it being a, a you know challenging to be a woman in comedy i've actually found it to sort of be an advantage because the moment i set foot on stage they have a lower expectation of me immediately and so it's a lot easier to make them laugh so if i'm as funny as the dudes i seem funnier to them and i'm always at least as funny as the dudes so it it's <laughs> And I'm not going to say all most because like, you know, like you said, there's so many um, just it's a (laughs) just it's it's a study in mediocrity. Um, And, you know, uh, people who feel like they're they can't possibly there can't possibly be someone better than they are, which is, I think, a grave mistake. A lot of a lot of uh, new comedians make it's like there's always going to be somebody better than you and there's going to be people who that you're better than. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand where you fit in that spectrum and admire the people better than you. Don't be dicks to them. And for the people who aren't, help them be better than you. Uh, and and kindness and hard work is is what will get you t- on those stages that you want to be on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I find it interesting that you um, said the audience has have a lower expectation because I've been trying to get my mother to have a lower expectation of me. <laughs> it doesn't for work decades. quite that way, does for it? Decades. <laughs> You're like, why can't you be like my comedy fans and have lower expectations of me? <laughs> why do you demand so much? <laughs> Tell me about the moment that changed everything, how it came and how it shaped you. Um, most recently, I mean, there's a lot of moments in a lifetime that, that can change and shape people, but most recently, at least with finding my voice and, and melding the two me's together, <clears throat> it came when, uh, I got a phone call from my boss. I was working at the department of veterans affairs and I thought it was a welcome back phone call. Cause I had been on leave. I took 12 weeks of leave, um, which I earned and worked for. And, um, and so I thought it was going to be like, hey, welcome back. Let's read you in on what you missed. But instead, they they said, this is a fact-finding investigation. You are currently under investigation. You need to answer all of our questions. And I was like, what? Uh, and over the course of a little bit of time, I realized that because my imposter syndrome is so... I have, I have a pretty healthy imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, Word. You know, I'm like there's no way that, you know, this administration even knows my podcast exists, but over a little bit of time, I found out that they did. And they were listening to it at the highest levels and monitoring my social media at the highest levels and removed me from my federal government job for disloyalty to Donald Trump. Um, And so that moment is, is what changed everything. Um, when I was able to, first of all, pour everything into what I'm doing <clears throat> with the podcasts, but also there's a thing called the Hatch Act. And the Hatch Act says, if you work for the federal government, you aren't allowed to fundraise for political candidates, among other things. That's one of the provisions of the Hatch Act. And uh, normal people follow the rules. <laughs> Trump didn't, but you know, the rest of us did. Yeah. And I don't think he realized um, that by he he's he's not capable of multi-dimensional thinking. He can't think a few steps ahead. He doesn't have second level thinking ability. So he didn't, I don't think it occurred to him that by firing me, uh, I that freed me up to fundraise. And we were able to raise as a group of podcasts uh, with some of my friends and I about half a million dollars. 
to, to, for Biden and Harris and Ossoff and Warnock in Georgia. So yes, it's true he did fire me, but that freed me up to turn around and help fire him. So yeah. I think that was like the big turning point where, where it was like, I, I was kind of already going in the direction of, of, of news and comedy together, government and comedy and politics and comedy together. But this sort of threw me right into it mm. with no way back. Like I didn't have that, <clears throat> that backup job, that, you know, um, safety net. It was just yeah. all me. And I, I, I grabbed on with both hands and here we are. I love it. Like, I just feel like you get more and more badass every time I talk to you. Like, I'm just like kind of fangirling over here. <laughs> no, it's, just, I mean, it's, it's a survival thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, people like though that, which doesn't kill us, makes us stronger. I'm like, I don't know, man, <laughs> you know, people say my, your trauma is what, is what makes you stronger. And I was like, no, my trauma gave me panic attacks and depression and anxiety I you know I made me stronger and uh, and we but we don't do it alone we do it with the power of the people around us uh, the the support of people um, who who um, appreciate what we do Uh, our our other cohorts and colleagues like you who who put out this content that we can hear so that we know we're not alone because once you know you're not alone you can't be gaslit anymore yeah that's good. I'm just like gonna soak in all your wisdom right now. <laughs> I'm writing a book. I'll put it on. It's gonna I be can't a wait. <laughs> we'll talk about it again. Yes, 100%. Um, I am looking at key elections right now. Looking at at because you know the November elections right around the corner. We've got Texas heating up, and as a Texan, former Texan, um. I have a vested interest in wanting to see Beto O'Rourke in, as well as hopefully uh, adding more to our numbers in in Congress. Yeah. Right now, what are you looking at and what are the things that you're really paying close attention to? Well, we're, we're kind of riding a wave right now. Uh, uh, I think people are waking up to the fact that that the first two years of, of Biden's presidency is, has been one of the most successful and, and unprecedented president presidential terms in history as far as, as getting things done. And that was with a, a, a 50-50 Senate and a hairline mm-hmm. majority in the House. Um, and what he's been able to do is not just get things done like the PACT Act and the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reduction Act, climate, healthcare, extending the ACA, canceling student debt, he's uh, the, the infrastructure, the bipartisan infrastructure bill. He's also been able to show the world and people here at home who are, are, who are trans- tending to side with the autocrats that democracy does work because that's mm. how autocrats, that's, that's what autocratic creep lives off of and breathes off. That's how fascism takes form is when people get so tired of government and and democracy being so slow and not being able to get anything done. And he has, uh, you know, this, uh, not just Congress and and Kamala over the president of the Senate and, and, and Joe Biden himself, but all of the Democrats and all of the state houses and legislatures and the Democratic governors and uh, local all the way down to school board getting things done is is a smack in the face to fascists who want us to believe that government can't work for us and it also it 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 resonates globally as well and that's i think to 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 autocrats like Viktor orban in hungary or um vladimir putin of course it sends a very strong message that no we don't need your fascism sir democracy does work and it does work for the people when the people are involved yeah I just feel like I'm like wow yeah (laughs) what she says the whole time (laughs) um I'm really closely following Mandela Barnes um here in Wisconsin really hoping that he takes over Ron Johnson's seat well, Ron Johnson's in a little bit of trouble for admitting that he only spent a couple minutes trying to overthrow the government. 
Um, <laughs> just a cup ball. Just a cup, just some tiny treason. A smidge. Um, <laughs> skosh, a little skosh of treason <laughs> for you Wisconsinites there. Um, but he is, he's been obviously affiliated with, you know, we call him Russia Ron Johnson. He's, he's a fascist. He wants people to think democracy doesn't work. The, the new Republican party, which is, has, has gone full fascist now, want you to believe that government can't do anything for you and only an autocrat or a dictator, I alone can fix it, can fix it. And that's simply not the case. And with the overturning of Roe, and especially, you know, women being, uh, you know, don't, don't fuck with the women, man. Uh, yeah. You're going to yeah. get burned. Uh, but there's so much, right? That's so much to just prove to that Ron Johnson's way of shrinking government down, dismantling it from the inside. So it's small enough to drown in a bathtub, as Grover Norquist used to say, uh, isn't the way that people want to go. People want to participate in their democracy they want to be heard they they understand that uh, it takes a lot of work and working together because democracy is is not a spectator sport you have to participate in it and i mm. and i'm loving especially the young people now coming yeah. up saying you we're we're participating motherfuckers so watch oh it. yeah oh yeah i love it now if we can just get mandela barnes and he'll ask me to marry him and then we'll get married and perfect I'll I run for I, political office. Is and... this on your vision board? It should be on your vision board. <laughs> he is on my every vision board. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allison, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on I Love Funny Women. Of course. And thank you for doing this show. It's so, so important. Uh, funny Women's Voices. Uh, I can't, I can't oversell it enough. Uh, and so I re really appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, and uh, I, I, I look forward to more of it in the future and seeing where your voice goes because it's so important and incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And yours too. <laughs> High five for our voices. So, uh, yes. <laughs> Mutual appreciation. <laughs> um, so where can everyone find you? Let's get cut to that chase and then. <clears throat> well, I finally got verified on Twitter. I saw that. Congrats. So you can follow me uh, at tw on Twitter at Muller She Wrote, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, Muller She Wrote. And um, you can also check out um, my podcast network, uh, which is called, you can find all of our shows at MSW Media. And I really hope everybody listens to my podcast, The Daily Beans. Yes. News with swearing. It's two women comedians. Uh, going at it, going at the news, and, and we have great guests, and we have we always finish off with the good news to leave everybody a little bit happy at the end because happiness and kindness are important. I love all you do. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks. You've been listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast and Artemis Bow Network production. See you next week. <laughs>